Miss Gretchen would also one day die exhausted. And when my time came, when I finished filling out the corners of my own life's adventure, so would I. And as for my little secret, there were only a few more weeks to go before I could let everybody know that soon enough, a baby would make two. Hey guys, my name is Kelly. I am a self-proclaimed book nerd, a writer, and I am a black girl that did not like black girls must die exhausted. (laughs) Hi, my name is Ashley, writer and producer. I am too a black girl who, I'm just over the melodrama. Hey y'all, and welcome back to the Books We Should Have Read podcast, where we explore literature by black and marginalized authors. This pod is an extension to the BWSR community, and you can find our complete book list for this season at booksweshouldhaveread.com. Tune in each episode as we discuss what we liked and disliked about these reads and whether or not they're worth your time. I got a summary. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got a summary. I didn't even take notes on this book. That's how much I was just like, you know what? I barely took notes. You ready? (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. Black Girls Must Die Exhausted is a melodrama about a 33-year-old mixed-race, Black-identifying woman named Tabitha and her journey to self-discovery. Her life is seemingly perfect, a thriving career as a news reporter, a fine-ass man, loving and supportive family and girlfriends, and no glaring societal disenfranchisements preventing her from living her very privileged life. It isn't until she has an unenthusiastic It isn't until she has an unenthusiastic meeting with her gyno where she discovers she has a fertility issue that she spirals out of control and unfortunately strongholds the reader onto a roller coaster ride of self-sabotage and self-inflicted drama. This is ripped straight out of the sides of being Mary Jane. (laughs) That's what this book is about. So I should say I've never seen being Mary Jane. But it's okay. You've read it. I read this book Mm -hmm. and I just want to say this. This is the first book of this season that I just didn't like. And it really upset me because this is one of the books that I was most looking forward to. Number one, because, you know, I'm a cover Core. The cover is beautiful. Stunning. Is. Stunning. And, the, and you know what? And the allure of the title, Black Girls Must Die Exhausted. I was like, oh my God, this is a book for us. Yes, let's go. Mm-hmm. And it just let me down in so many ways that like, honestly, I don't even know. I have no words like that. I mean, I have a lot of words, but like, the immediate reaction is I have no words. I didn't even take notes on this book because I was so just like the entire time I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, I think what? the only reason I was able to get through as much as of it as I did was because of the way it was written. I, I enjoyed the way it was written. I will say this. Okay, because after I finished the book, of course I went on Goodreads because I was like, what is everybody saying about this book? A lot of people complained about the writing style. Me? I actually liked the writing style. It was refreshing. And it was very addicting because there's one thing I will say about Jane Allen is she had me hooked. Like, I couldn't put this book down. I hate Reddit because I was like, I can't stop because I need to know, like, the shenanigans that are going to happen. But her writing style? Phenomenal. Like, yeah, it's I loved, yeah, I loved being in Tabitha's head. I loved being in Tabitha's head. It was, that was the best part about this book. I mean, it was like rolling around with a bunch of marbles, but it was, yeah, I like being <laughs> in her head too. Insane, but yeah. She was Absolutely. for sure insane, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have a small little character list. I know you said you didn't take notes. If you want me to read it. Please do your character list because I've got <laughs> nothing for you. Okay. And <laughs> anything that I left out because I I wrote this after our conversation this morning. Okay. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to write something. <laughs> and so all of this is going to sound like really annoyed and like, yeah. Okay. I so understand. you tell me. All right. 
All right, so Tabitha Walker is our protagonist. She was born to a half-white, half-black father and a black mother. She lived with her white grandmother, who's her namesake, following her parents' divorce. Um, producing, She's producing less and less eggs by the day, according to her gyno, and feels pressured backslash rushed into family planning, which turns her life upside down. And I only wrote that bit for Tabitha because I already introduced her in the summary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was good, actually. Okay, cool. Granny Tab is next because Granny Tab was the only... Granny Tab and Miss Gretchen were the only characters I gave a fuck about. They were the only <laughs> characters that had any redeeming qualities Period. to me in this book. Okay, so Granny Tab... Um, I wrote, honestly, the best person in the book. Strong, delicate, and real. She's the matriarch of the Walker family. She moved to LA from West Virginia in the 70s with her black husband. Um, She suffered a nasty fall recently, which led her into an assisted living backslash retirement home. Uh, She lives her best life, marching to the beat of her own drum, and her sidekick is Miss Gretchen. I didn't write a character... You know, I didn't add Miss Gretchen to the character list, but she has an honorable mention because she was fire. Yes. So Mark is Tabby's lover, who she tries to stronghold into starting a family with her. That's all I said. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> and then, okay. We'll keep get going there. With, we'll, we'll keep going there. with the list. We'll yes. Because I've got words about okay. that. Then we have Alexis. Alexis is Tabby's childhood childhood backslash married friend. She lives a seemingly perfect life and revels in making others jealous of it. Sexy Lexi. Sexy (laughs) Lexi. She's also a real estate agent. I write none of this. I was in such a bad mood this morning. It's okay. Listen, you you wrote more than me. Okay. Then we have Laila. Is that how you pronounced her name? I think it's Laila. I love that. That was also a really good thing about this book. Her name, her just her name, because the character has no redeeming qualities, like Kelly said. Um, so Laila is Tabby's single and hot girlfriend. She also works in news, but on the writing side, and she wants a she wants what Alexis has, but would never admit it. Ooh. Then I wrote Officer Mallory. Because it's important that we talk about Officer Mallory. Mm -hmm. Officer Mallory is the cop who pulls Tabby over after her gyno appointment in the very beginning of the book. And this experience expedites her downward spiral. (laughs) That is my character list. I also have... Not her downward spiral. (laughs) Internally, though, internally, she's just all of the things that Tabitha goes through are extremely self-inflicted. And we will talk about that in a minute. But that is the fucking character list. Wait, do you hear that? That silence could be filled with an advertisement for your new product or brand. Email us at info at bookswe-should-have-read.com if you'd like to be a sponsor for and have your ad placed within the Books We Should Have Read podcast. We can't wait to welcome you to the family. This particular tune is not a new one. It was brought back and it's healthier and bigger than ever. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank God you wrote a character list because I, I just couldn't. And I, oh gosh. All right. We, we can start. I don't even know. I'm going to let you start because I've got no words. And you know what? I feel even worse because I finished the book, what, a couple days ago? And I still don't have words. Like, I just still don't have, I don't even know. <laughs> because what is there to say? What is there to say besides, there's, I don't have, I don't have many positive things to say about this book it is filled with tropes it is insane (laughs) let me okay let me pull up my goodreads because i gotta remember what i wrote about it my um my goodreads review the very beginning of it is my summary that i wrote (laughs) (laughs) actually i just went on goodreads and yours is the first one that popped up and i could just fill it (laughs) like and i said it's quite possibly the worst book i've read this year (laughs) 
the thing, you guys. Let's preface this by saying, number one, we know how difficult and how hard it is writing a book. We are not, we like to joke because sometimes we just got to laugh. We are not trying to be hurtful to the author Jane Allen in any way. We are just expressing our opinions um, and we're just going to laugh through them because child. I was actually going to bring that up, that finishing a book is no small feat and like <laughs> actually getting your your words out of your head, developing mm-hmm. these characters that you've been dreaming about and putting them on a page. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is such a big deal and it's such a huge accomplishment. And so I would never want to take that away from someone. And like we said in the beginning, the book is well written. I love this writing style. The writing style is great. And it's just how we talk about all the time. I've said it last season. I've probably said it a few times this season. You're not going to like every book you read and that's okay. And that's why we have this podcast because we want to have this discussion. And we also want to hear because there's people that love this book. And most of them are white women, but keep going. (laughs) I have time today because look, my beef is not with Jane Allen. My beef is with Tabitha Walker. And that's on a period. And that's on period. You know what? That's the thing. And this is why I commend Jane Allen's writing because she made me hate a bitch that's not real. Like I do not like, I shouldn't say hate. I just do not like this character. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's down to great writing where I despise this character so much that I'm literally like... I like, want to punch her. Ashley, let me tell you. Whole <laughs> I want to punch Tabby. The whole book, I literally just, my neighbors probably think I'm psychotic because the whole book, I was just shouting, this dumb bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> this dumb bitch. Like, just shouting it because it's just like, bro, I'm sorry. What? Like, what are you doing? But- that was me this morning. I was just, when I got to the, to the, to the, the last part that I got to that I asked you about, I was screaming in my room, like, are you fucking kidding me? I just can't. (laughs) And you know what it is, too? I just can't. I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's get into this episode. Yeah, let's do it. (sighs) Um, Where do you want to begin? I guess I'll go. And I'll just go based off of the summary that I read. Okay, yeah, let's start there. Um. That my biggest gripe with Tabitha is that all of her issues were (laughs) self-inflicted. Yes. All of it was self-inflicted. And I have the hardest time with a book where the protagonist's issues, the protagonist is also the antagonist. (laughs) It's just weird to me. Like, this is just a decision that you just have to make, bitch. Like... And she's you, truly, Did you even want to have kids before the gyno told you that it would be a possibility that you couldn't? And she's truly her own worst enemy is what I took away from this is like she is her own worst enemy throughout this novel. And to your point, like, did she even want kids? Now, she did talk a lot about how she dreamed about her family and having a family and a family of her own, which I understand and but but my thing is she just made something that was relatively not saying that this is an easy decision to make, but it was kind of because your her doctor literally said, hey, like these are your options. Either, you know, if you're in a serious relationship or you're even engaged or married, you might want to talk about having kids very soon or you might want to look at options as far as freezing your eggs. Like it wasn't my issue with Tabitha was that she made this seem like it was a life or death situation. <laughs> and it really wasn't like the doctor said, hey, like here's I here's a um a fertility spe- a fertility specialist I recommend. You need to make an appointment ASAP because the clock is literally ticking for you. And that was that. And instead, what she did was play dumbass games for two months, then fell apart when she realized she wasted two months of time, got mad at the fertility specialist because he was booked out for another month and a half. I just, and she was like, oh, maybe I should have made that appointment right when my gyno suggested I did. Period. And okay. She throws a tantrum, a temper tantrum, because people aren't playing the game the way she wants them to play it. 
That was my thing oh, too. Oh wait, what did you mean by that? What do you like, mean by that? With Mark. Oh yes, she is. This is where I. This is and this is what annoyed me because she is, I think, thirty three years old in this yeah, book. Yeah, she's our age, Kelly. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> and what upset me is that like she knew the score with her boyfriend Mark, right? Like they were very casual. They're dating. So they're both very busy in their careers. They see each other every weekend, but at no point has he ever given you the inclination that he wants to move forward. So instead of you just being like, okay, it is what it is, she goes, she gets upset at him because he's just like chilling. You, He's not, living and, his life the way he wants to live it. And also, this is this is my problem with this. And oh my God, I'm getting even more angry because you got me, even though he's a fictional male, you've got me sticking up for a fucking man. <laughs> but <laughs> my problem with this was she never outwardly expressed what she wanted, what she needed. People are not mind readers. To me, that is not fair to anybody. Like you cannot, you cannot expect somebody to know the things you want and need if you don't tell them. And it's like, she then loses it on this guy because he does, he kind of freaks out because at no point did you guys ever seriously talk about kids and you just drop it on him at dinner. Mm-hmm. And so of course he freaks out. He's like, wait, what? Like we never talked about kids. And and then she's mad like, well, we've been together for two years. But you never brought up. We never talked about family planning ever. Ever. And that just, it seemed so unfair because it just seemed like Tabitha wanted us to look at him in a certain light. And I was, I'm rocking with Mark. That was <laughs> like, listen, that's how I felt. Like, listen. I'm rocking with Mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm rocking with Mark. So I just, it, that really rubbed me the wrong way. And we talked briefly on the phone about it. Later down the, and through the book, some more stuff rubbed me the wrong way. But that really had me irritated. Yeah. Oh, that was my thing. That was actually my point that Scott Stone, which is her work nemesis, supposedly he's being a white man and how white men typically are in competitive spaces. Yep. Um, And that is not absolving him from anything. But like she created this like she created a bigger thing in her head about it than what it really than was what it actually was it was so crazy how she was obsessive over this guy and he that wasn't she even her he, he what it didn't even matter to her trajectory and work it didn't and it was just like the fact that he and also i think what really bothered her was because she he called her out he was just basically like yo like you don't try to fight me like if if you don't try and like, then I'm gonna walk all over you. He did what any person <laughs> would do. Like she was the weakest link. He walks all over her and, and she had her, it. And had her in her, and had her in her head, which yeah. was what his end game was. Girl, girl, but that was my point. That Scott Stone and Mark, like, what did I write? <clears throat> I'm just gonna read it. I said, Scott Stone and Mark are supposed to be the antagonists, but really Tabby is the only one standing in her way. This whole entire book, like you said, Kelly, my thoughts were this dumb bitch. It's she's literally in the her own way. And she's in. And this is the thing, because we talked about how our last book we read dragged me up, how we both love the main characters. I did not like the main character here. And it really does mess me up when I don't I can't connect with a main character in the book. And unfortunately, like the main character in this is just one. It's a singular character. It's Tabitha. And I just had no, I had no sympathy for her. I could mm-hmm. not relate because, I, and it would really frustrate me was because like, I'm like, I too am a black girl that is exhausted and I but just wait, can't get down with she this. She is so privileged though. Are we going to talk about the fact that she She's lives- She's extremely privileged. She's the most privileged she black She lives woman. in- a downtown LA apartment building with a doorman, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Ashley, you've had friends that live in these types of places. Bitch, Are they cheap? I live, I worked in journalism and I was in a one bedroom apartment with roaches. <laughs> Don't talk to me about struggle, Tabitha. 
it, here, and then mind you, her dad lives and next. And she has a safe. Sorry, and she has a savings account, Kelly. Oh wait, wait! <laughs> Don't forget the best part. Her dad lives in a in a Calabasas gated community. So her dad lives next to the Kardashians, pretty much, in the gated community. And the he's living next to the Kardashians, mm-hmm. and she is. She wants us to believe that she's struggling and this is going to the the fertility treatments are going to completely wipe out her savings for house. And even her grandma was like, just ask your dad for money, period. <laughs> but and then, oh, my God. And then that melodrama that she created surrounding her father. Bro. Bitch. I'm she, sorry. She made daddy issues where. There were there daddy were issues. <laughs> like, I could see her having beef with her stepmom because I get that. Like, mm-hmm. kids don't get along with their stepparents. Cool. But your dad? You're having beef with your dad over... And then it's what really bothered me throughout this book, and I noticed this with Tabitha's relationships with her two best friends, Laila and Alexis, is that she doesn't have what I perceived... It, how I perceived it was she doesn't have, like full relationships. She doesn't have real relationships or connections Mm-mm. with people. They're all very surface. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, Ash. We know so much about each other. Period. And too much, probably. Too much. But like, if you were going through some stuff, if I was going through some crazy stuff like that, you're the first person I'm telling. Period. And it was just like, that really bothered me because like, especially with Alexis, they've known each other since they were kids. They grew up down the street from each other. A lot like me and you. That's me and you. Yeah. So you're telling me that they've had this relationship for almost 30 years and it is that surface? Like It's, it's like we have to put up a facade. Like we have to be picture perfect for each other. Ain't no way, girl. I don't want a friendship like that. And that's not it. Oh, girl. But yeah, I just, oh my God. Can we go back to Tabitha being super privileged though? Yes, this let's is, go this back. This is what pissed me off because you have a savings account where you've saved for a down payment to purchase a house in LA County. <sighs> and you are debating whether or not to use your house, your down payment for your home that you have saved up. Or to either use that for a home or to fucking freeze your eggs. And that is your life's dilemma. That is your life's dilemma. You didn't even want to have a baby right now before this conversation. And I get it. Things like change when you find out news like that. But sit down with yourself and assess whether or not you actually want to have a kid. I would have preferred a book following Tabitha's journey. To motherhood, to to deciding whether or not she wanted to have a baby. Because the rest of this shit, like you said, is super surface level. Yeah, it's honestly. And you know what really threw me off? It's just that this this woman is supposed to be 33 years old. And this is the way she, like her. It's more like 24. Her mentality was very much like, I was like, her mental age is very much early 20s. Because like. I just like the way she, her decision making was done. You can just, tell she ain't never have a struggle. She ain't never want for nothing. Have to fend for herself for anything. She wanted the struggle so bad. And it and was just like, was baby, come <laughs> that on. Was this book. Her struggles were self-inflicted and, and could have been solved with a, a snap of a finger. If you just decided to take A instead of the B path baby maybe it was just because like is the whole point that she didn't recognize this early on is because like all of her relationships around her are very wooden like wooden character like just surface level like nobody's telling her the truth about herself like she just really needed a real one in her corner that was like bitch what the fuck did she open up enough for people to be able to tell her she did the truth about herself. She didn't. You're right. She didn't. Mm. Her friends didn't. So this is a book about how to lie to your friends and loved ones. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It, yeah. And I feel like <clears throat> there are a lot of people and I know them who have relationships like that. Yes, that's very and true. Who live their lives like this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like if you the thing with Tabitha, too, is that she wasn't honest with herself. 
She was only doing what she thought she was supposed to be doing at that age and not the shit that she actually really wanted to do, right? Which is another self-infliction. Like, yeah, you're, you're not even honest right. with yourself. And that to me, and I guess it's like this phase that I'm in in my life where it's just like, if it's not honest, if it's not raw, if it's not real, then I don't want it. Mm. That goes for friends, that goes for romantic partners, that goes for jobs, that mm -hmm. goes for everything. Like how I had that opportunity to apply for a PhD program, but you know, I told you that wasn't my focus right now. Yep. And yep. I had to sit down with myself and be like, girl, do you even want to do that right now? The answer yeah, is no. Is that, so is stop that putting really your energy you, into it. Yeah, it's like, is this really what you want? In Tabitha's situation, free some eggs, babe. Free some eggs. Or make and, the appointment. Or just <laughs> for make a consultation. The, just, yeah, start there. Girl. And then, oh my God. Can we go Officer Mallory? Because, okay. Okay. <clears throat> Don't... And I'm pissed off, too, because Tabitha got me in this bitch defending police officers. I don't even, I'm not even that girl. <clears throat> it's defund all day, you know, around here. Mm -hmm. But in this instance, Officer Mallory pulled her over for erratic driving during rush hour traffic. He was doing his fucking job, bitch. You were driving out of control and you know it. You said it. <laughs> We're in your head this whole book. When you get pulled over, you said, oh, damn. Because I was trying to do my makeup and drive at the same time because I was late for work after I found out this news about fertility. Like, you said that. So Officer Mallory is the big bad wolf now because he pulled you over for erratic driving? Is that not his fucking job? I, I Am just, I confused? I just, I don't even know. Did I miss though. something, Kelly? I don't even know. <laughs> like she. And then he be, I'm sorry, wait. But then he becomes this antithesis for like <laughs> her Black Lives Matter movement objective to the point where fucking at the, that happened at the beginning of the book. And at the end of the book, Officer Mallory's name is still in the conversation. She really gives, you know what I noticed? Okay, this is Tabitha Walker's problem. She gives people way more power than they deserve. Boom. Like Curtain closed. She, that's her weakness. That's her weakness. She allows people to have this power over her. And I think we talk about this. I tell you this all the time, especially with you going back into the workforce. And what's the one thing I always tell you, Ash? Don't let these niggas stress you. Do Period. not let these people stress you in corporate, wherever you guys go podcast listeners, if you're listening to this and you're working you're, and you're working right now, it's very easy to let corporate America or a job dictate like their power over you by telling you, you should be stressed. You should be like high energy all the time here. Don't believe that ever. Do not ever let a job, a person, a thing have that type of power over you. We are all in charge of, I'm about to go on my hippy dippy stuff. So Please. we are all in charge of our own <clears throat> destiny, our own feelings. I believe manifestation is real. You put out what you want, but always remember that you were in control of your life, your destiny, whatever happens to you. Always. No one else has that power. No job has that power to dictate that. And I think that that's what Tabitha's issue was, is she was very much, she let all these outside forces dictate who she was supposed mm -hmm. to be, who she thought she should be, and what she should be. Straightening her hair every week, even though she hated it. She talks repeatedly about how she hates to have to straighten her hair every Saturday, but she does it because it's what is expected of her. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, no, no. You set your own expectations. Period. One of Listen, Kelly. Oh man, you reminded me. You were one of the realest niggas ever. And I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to let the listeners in, in on a little something of our history. So, so. back when we were both in college, mm -hmm. we were Skype. This was like we were Skyping or something. This is before we had iPhones. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and we were talking about our goals and shit for the future. And this is something that stuck with me forever. My bitch said, <laughs> I just want money. <laughs> she didn't say she aspired to be a 
doctor, a lawyer, to save the world, to stop world hunger, to be a role model. My bitch said, I just want money. Money. Get that <laughs> bread, remember, get that head, and leave. And I remember <laughs> leaving that conversation like, damn, I want to be like Kelly. Because the rest of this shit is so pressure filled like it's you just feel so like you gotta make a mark on the world but you really don't you really don't and i i always try to say this i, I talk about this with like friends my friends family members younger family members like i'm like don't allow society to put pressure on you for anything mm. you don't have to be anything you can literally it is okay being a person that's just like, I want to make money and I want to go home. Like, that's mm -hmm. it. I make my money, I go home. I don't want to be a top executive. I don't want to, like, manage a bunch of people. <laughs> I'm giving my life to a corporate company that, like, doesn't care about me. Like, in the grand scheme of things, you don't care about me. And it's just like... I care about me and I'm always going to put me first. And just if you think like that, and I thought like that since I was, as you know, in college, and it's, I think it's really protected me because I've had mentors in corporate America, a mentor of mine, like when I first got in corporate America, almost 10 years ago now, this mentor, I mean, she got screwed over so bad. And what she told me, she called me, she, it was like a huge thing. She got screwed over at this company that we had worked for. And a couple weeks after all this stuff went down, she called me and she said, Kel, never be loyal to anyone in this mm. business. She said, keep your loyalty with yourself. She said, now that doesn't mean don't be professional and don't do your job, but just remember where your loyalty lies. Because she said, like, my loyalty got me screwed over. Mm. And she said, I would never thought that that would happen, but she was like, I see your trajectory. I see how great you are of a worker. Just remember that. And I was like, you ain't got to tell me. I ain't loyal to none of these niggas. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not loyal to anybody because at the end of the day, it's a business. But that's why I always tell you that too. Like job searching, what I always tell you too, with job searching, like you're going to find something. Trust me, you yeah. will. Like, yeah. like great workers, people find great workers. If that's one thing they will find you and what's meant to be for you will always be for you. But yeah, y'all, don't don't stress it and make your money. Make your money yeah. and clock out. Make but your money you, and go home. What you said, um, too, made me think about these YouTube videos that I was watching about these people who have divested from all of these societal pressures on professionalism and Yo. goals and all that shit. And it's just like, if you're a painter and all you want to do is paint, mm -hmm. but you need to make money to stay alive, then make money so that you could paint. It, it work and it, it let that be it. Like, what did you I tell you, Ash? To climb that corporate ladder, fuck the corporate no, ladder. No, I told you get that job to fund your dreams. I use Period. my job to fund my lifestyle, to fund our books. We should have helped fund books we should have read, like buying books, uh, getting equipment, making up ideas. Like, literally, my job is here just to fund things that make me happy. Mm. And once you let go of that, like I never have pressure. I never have stress. Like I have coworkers that are so stressed, so overworked, overwhelmed, and I'll just be chilling. Like I just be like, they be like, you're not stressed? For what? Why? <laughs> like why? Why be why? stressed? Don't do oh, it. I, I promise you going back into this workforce, like that is the attitude that I'm yes. going to have. Like, and especially because of the industry, I'm, um, letting you guys in on a little little something um, mm -hmm. personal, like you know, we don't usually do shit like that <laughs> around these parts. But I'm I'm going into a new industry, mm -hmm. and so um, I had a lot of fear with like starting at the bottom because I was just like, I have all this experience and da 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 da, but you and you expect me to start at the bottom. But then it was like, bitch, who gives a fuck? Like you want to go into this industry because that shit is fun to you. Mm -hmm. It's entertaining and you can make money from entertainment. Like, then make the money. Like, what does it matter where you're starting? Who cares? But it only mattered to me because I was more so concerned with how it looked on the outside. What other people think. And that's Tabitha's fucking problem. <laughs> yep. That's her issue. It's just like. That's her whole fucking She's life. worried about what. And honestly, the most free I've ever been in my life is just when I stop caring what other people think of me. Like, I just don't. 
as long as I'm good with myself, I'm just happy. Like yeah. I know me, my family and friends know me. Yeah. We good. What the fuck does this other shit even matter? What does it matter? It doesn't, y'all. It really doesn't in a grand. And that's what I think makes me so sad about Tabitha, because it's like, damn, this shit really is eating her alive. Truly. Like, it really 350 is. pages worth. <laughs> I think I was just really sad because I really wanted to connect to this book and this character, and I didn't. But the writing is so fire. Mm-hmm. Like, it was I addicting. I loved being in her head. Page Turner. It's You know what? It's a chaotic mess. And I'm mm-hmm. going to get us up to Jane Allen because, girl, the one thing I like, the writing had me hooked. And I also love that Jane Allen, like I said, made me feel something about a character. I'd rather you make me feel something than I felt nothing. I felt so many emotions, not just about a character. My point I would like to bring up, I think for this is the friendship, her friendship between with Mm -hmm. Alexis and Laila, Mm -hmm. because it just made me think like we talked about friendships are like their friendship is very surface level. Like you, they realize at the end of the book that, wow, we really don't have deep friendships. We don't know anything about each other. And it really, that really made me sad because that's just like, I don't know. I have you, I have my best friend, Brittany. Shout out, Brittany. I got my best friend, Lindsay. Like, I don't know. I'm so close to you three and you guys know so much about me and I feel like I can truly confide in you guys. And we have that relationship Whereas it made me sad to think that she didn't have that because without yeah. that, it's like, you guys are such a big support for me. What did I call you? I FaceTimed you earlier this week and I was like, Ash, I'm glad I got to talk to you because I was feeling sad. <laughs> And and it was just like, it just, it made me sad to think that like, she probably couldn't really do that with her friends. Like Alexis was so terrified to tell her what was happening with her marriage. Kelly, you would have been the first person I called as soon as the shit was happening. As soon as I found out. My man is fucking some sales girl at Nordstrom's. You would have been the one to help me go through Instagram to, to pull her up. Ash, I would have found everything about her. I would have found that she owed taxes. But that's that thing. Like, they have to keep up these... (laughs) Owed taxes. They have to keep up these uh, facades and, like, they have to be picture perfect. Like like you said, Alexis was like, God forbid Laila... I'm sorry. It's okay. God forbid Laila finds out that my husband is a fucking cheater. Like, you know what I mean? And that's just weird because y'all are supposed to be friends. so weird because it was like... They're supposed to have this connection and it's like, don't tell her. And I was like, wait, wait, what do they mean? Don't tell her. You are so right. And I, you know what it is, Kelly? I could not identify with this book because I don't do mess. Yes. We don't do drama. That's our problem. Because we would just nip it in the bud. Like it would be, if this book was about us, if we were the black girls that were exhausted, it'd be over in chapter one. Period. (laughs) Like we would have been like, uh, I would have immediately made an appointment because you, all right, you already know. I talked mm-hmm. to my gyno about putting mm-hmm. my eggs on ice. Sure did. I told you. Oh, I tell you, I said, girl, I got me a pamphlet and everything. I might have mm-hmm. to throw these things on ice. I don't even know if I want kids, but just in case. And because of that conversation, I've talked to my other friends who are older in their 30s and mm-hmm. who don't know if they want to have kids or not. And I told them, well, my friend, she's actually considering putting her eggs on ice. So maybe you should look into it too. Yo, it, and it's just like, like this book would have been over first chapter for us. Cause I would have been like, put the eggs on ice. I probably been mm-hmm. annoyed at the officer for pulling me over. That happened to me like two years ago, this cop pulled me over and I was pissed. Cause I was like, what am I doing? I'm doing a speed limit. I'm blasting Janae Iko <laughs> on my way to work. It was like three years ago. I'm blasting it. He pulls me. I got a full attitude. I'm trying not to have an attitude, but I'm just like, hi. And he's like, hello, ma'am. I said, so what's up? Why, why am I getting pulled over? And he goes, ma'am, do you realize that your registration is expired? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I know you fucking lie. Ashley, I pull out my registration. Six months expired. And he's oh like, my he's like, so technically I would have to tow you, but this is what you need to do. He's like, I'm not gonna tow you. I'm just gonna write. He wrote me a ticket for like 
bullshit, like my tail light or something. And he was like, drive to the DMV right now. Cause he said, another cop is probably going to like tell you if they catch you. And I was like, thank you so much. Got in my car, called my work and was like, yeah, I'm be late. I gotta go to the DMV. Period. And also this is not us caping for police officers oh, because we, we understand Let the dynamic. But what Kelly just explained is what happened to Tabitha essentially, except Tabitha was what? driving erratically. Driving, and, I, and listen, let me tell you, so I ain't never cop, I ain't never caping for no cop, but he was right because I had an already have an attitude. And then he was like, your registration is well. I was like, no, we're not. And I looked at it, it was like, six months. I was like, oh, you might be right. <laughs> See? But also, okay, so with Tabitha's situation, didn't he make her get out the car? Because me as a cop, I would have made her ask get out the car because I need you to walk because I need to make sure you're not drunk. I think he did make her I get think out he the did. car. And, and so in my head, that makes sense. But I think he did that so he could reach in the car and get her information. Because remember, it fell in the front seat. Mm -hmm. And she was so nervous. He's like, just get out the car. I'm going to grab it. And yeah, I think so. I don't even want to talk about that no more with that. Because I was just like, girl. I'm just, it's just weird. It's How just did you feel when she purposely stops taking birth control? I said, I was horrified. You have lost your fucking marbles, bitch. I was horrified. And once again, I was horrified. And then I was mad because I was like, you got me defending a man. I could not believe that a 33 year old woman is trying to trap a nigga. Would purposely stop taking her birth. Would a man that you said you don't even know if he wants this. I was, actually, it gave me chills. It gave me chills. Because I was like, that's like equivalent to me. You, women purposely stopping their birth control is equivalent to men poking holes in condoms. Like, I think so. I think that, what do they call that? Stealthing. Oh, is that, oh, that's stealthing. Okay, is yes. Is stealthing? Or okay, when we, they say Google like they're it. wearing Hold a condom, but they're really not. <gasps> Wait, let's see. I think see. it's called something. But that's what that is. And so I'm curious to know in this next book what Mark's reaction is going to be. Because he, <gasps> if he doesn't run up on her, I'm going to I'm gonna have an issue. Okay, stealthing is a term that describes when a man removes a condom during sex despite agreeing to wear one. It may mm -hmm. not be a word you've heard before, but there's a lot of discussion about it right now on social mm -hmm. media. <gasps> mm -hmm. Yes. That is to me because it's like, wait, that is not cool. That's not mm -mm. cool. That is, yeah. I like got, I got chills. Especially because you guys have already established the the rules for your situationship, and he is trusting you to hold up your end of the bargain, which was to be on birth control because that's what you guys decided upon initially. So for you to just stop it and not inform your partner, and like, hope to that me, you, and hope that you get pregnant, and then. After she does it, like it takes like a week or two for her to be like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, now I'm worried that I'm not getting my period. So here's I the thing. Like, I am mortified right now having this conversation and I would prefer to go to another topic because I'm suffering from secondhand embarrassment right now. Like I'm embarrassed. I am mortified. I, was I don't even want to talk about it. I was it. embarrassed like that was my friend doing that dumb shit. Yes. Like that's somebody I knew. And I was like, oh. I'm I'm in I was embarrassed, Kelly. Like it is not even me. I wouldn't dare do nothing like that. But I was embarrassed. Girl. Okay. Next like, topic. Like we gotta move on because we gotta that move is just re-fucking and that's what I'm talking about in this book. It was just re drama for ridiculous. no reason. For why no would reason. you ever do that? You're oh. so you didn't even girl. And then you you want to spend your first off. I know it's her decision that she had to make, but you gonna spend your down payment on a house to to freeze your ex, and you weren't even pre you're not even pressing her kids right now. You don't even know if you have kids right now. It's just like, and also too, like I don't know. I just got there's so many because I feel like don't they do a payment plan? <laughs> you can't get a payment plan. You had to pay all that up front. Like that's insane. I was like, I, I really don't. Now, granted, and this is not me, because again, I was, I'm thinking about freezing my eggs, but it, I haven't gotten a consultation yet. But I feel like they would offer a payment plan, maybe. 
Like you could pay in increments or something. Like you could. You know what? Something. It doesn't even matter for Tabitha because all she had to do was ask her dad for the money. But she created drama with her father for no, and he has no. He has no issue. He don't even know. He thought the issue was just about the the stepmom. Like you know, I don't think that this guy really believed that his daughter had she this much herself animosity. so much angst for no reason. Oh, she doesn't. She doesn't even know her baby sisters because of this. That really made me sad too. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even know your little sisters because of these the the made up drama in your head, which is so crazy too, Kelly. Because she was harboring her, she was harboring emotions that she believed that her mom should have had, but her mom didn't have because her mom moved on. Yo, mom leveled up. She got the general. In a McMansion out in Maryland. Yeah, and that's not to say that it doesn't still hurt, but like your mom was able to move on with her life and it happened to her. Stop exactly. inserting yourself in your parents' drama. Ooh, I like that. Don't it's insert yourself in your parents' to me. drama. That's their stuff. Why are you carrying their yeah, baggage? It's weird. Bag lady, you go miss your bus. <laughs> You can't hurry up because you got too much stuff when they see you coming. Niggas take off running from you. It's true. Yes, they do. Ooh, ooh. Okay, that is Tabitha Walker. I'm done, Kelly. Let's move on to ratings. Hey, y'all, for anyone in the New Jersey area, I will be moderating Christina Forrest's book launch for her new novel, Zyla and Kai, on Tuesday, June 7th at 7 p.m. at Inkwood Books in Hattonfield, New Jersey. We're going to have a short reading, Q&A, audience questions, and there will be a book signing at the end. Come through if you're in the area and grab Christina's new book, have a chat, hang out. I would love to see you guys. Again, this is taking place at Inkwood Books in Haddonfield, New Jersey at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, June 7th. I can't wait to see you all there. This particular tune is not a new one. It was brought back and it's healthier and bigger than ever. Would you like me to go? I'll yeah, go. you could go. Did all you right. see mine? You already saw mine. I did it as soon as I pulled up the screen it was the first one okay so I gave mine okay wait oh wait where's my rating oh right here oh wait no wait where's my rating okay I said I could not connect with Tapatha at all, which is crazy because I too am a black girl who is exhausted. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but I just didn't like her. I just didn't like her. In my opinion, she had no redeeming qualities. Not only... Is uh, not only Tabitha, but I didn't care about any of our supporting characters either. There were only two characters that I loved and wanted to read more about, and they were Granny Tab and Miss Gretchen. Jane Allen did a phenomenal job with writing, and this was a page turner for me, but there was something missing that I can't quite put my finger on. I'm not sure if it was because I didn't like Tabitha or her two besties at all, or if it was something else. I'm hoping that book two resolves whatever this irksome feeling I have is about book one and I gave it two stars. I gave good. it two stars because like truly <clears throat> when I say this again, this is no shade to Jane Allen because she's a great writer. I just didn't like that character at all, which I think also adds that Jane Allen being a great writer because she made me feel such vile feelings towards this person, this, this not, not a person to this non-existent character. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jane Allen, great job on the writing aspect. I just could not get down with Tabitha and her shenanigans. Mm-hmm. So two stars, <laughs> two, two out of five stars for me. Yes, that was great, Kelly. I gave it one star and I gave it one star. The summary that I that I read at the top of this episode is actually the majority of my review. And I ended by saying that this is quite possibly the worst book that I've read this year. And I made it through. When did I call it? I called you. I was like three thirty. I was at three hundred and thirty pages. I had like 20 pages left in the book and I called Kelly like I can't. I can't finish this. This is too much. Yeah. Um, I had reached my cap 
on the non-existent, self-inflicted melodrama. Um, and so I couldn't finish the book. I, I will say that that one star is earned, though, because Jane Allen is a phenomenal writer to get me to get through 330 pages of this bullshit. Like that's 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 amazing to me. She really <laughs> is. Ordinarily, I would have just stopped reading after the first chapter. Yeah, and that's the thing that like that's what's um that was what amazed me is like I could not put it down. It's like watch it was like watching a car accident. Like I just couldn't look away. Yeah, and it was just like the and that's where I was just so confused because like like I said on the on the ratings that I saw after I read the book. So many people didn't like the writing, but I thought the writing was strong. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I actually really, really enjoyed that perspective of being in her in her mind. I will say that when there's actually dialogue between Tabitha and another character, mm. I wish that there was less inner monologue happening while the dialogue was happening because that just annoyed me sometimes. Got you. But overall, I thought the writing was really, really good. I just did not like the story. I didn't like the yeah. story and I didn't like the main character. Yep. And I just, I could not, I could not get through. I could Agreed. not do it. So it, it was a one star for me, bro. Agreed. Like that's our take. That's my takeaway too. It's just like, I didn't like the story and the main character at all. That's it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Get your 10 pages in a day and we will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to like, review, and subscribe to the Books We Should Have Read podcast. And don't forget to leave suggestions for books you would like for us to check out in future collections. This podcast is a Books We Should Have Read production with sound engineering and editing by About Right Media. The dope-ass track you hear in the intro and outro is called Lavender Mint, and it's produced by Ty Makes Beats. And our transitional music is called It's a Vibe, and it's produced by Donovan Glover and Mefta. Their Instagram pages are linked in the show notes. Follow Books We Should Have Read on Instagram at Books We Should Have Read to stay up to date with BWSR happenings. Follow Ashley at Bashweiser and Kelly B at Kelly Likes to Read on Instagram. If you liked what you heard and want to support this Black woman-owned and operated movement financially, there is an anchor link in the show notes where you can do just that. Any and everything is welcomed and appreciated. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, bye y'all.